Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to head over to thatsbadasswoodart.com, use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item. Joined tonight, today, I don't know when this is going to really air, but uh, <laughs> it's Damian Parson, the Draft Network. How are you doing, my guy? Tired, man. You know what I mean? A lot of running around and stuff for these last, what, two weeks, week and a half of the draft, you know, draft prep. But yeah, just having fun with it, man. Just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, – I feel like we – Ryan and I have had conversations that it, it's interesting in this period because you're past, like, the top guys. Like, everybody kind of knows about the top guys, and now it's really getting into, you know, those late day two, day three. Like, we're hearing all these other different names of, like, we'll keep an eye out for – I mean, maybe not a late late round guy, but Jonathan Mingo's been getting a yeah. lot of attention, and rightfully so. But, um, yeah, it's it's a crazy time. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, once you uh, once you get through those, you know, you just start going to see start seeing recycled clips on Twitter of the same play for yep. B. John Robinson versus Baylor, <laughs> and it's just like it gets redundant. So it's like being able to, you know, especially in my position, knowing that part of my job is to go as deep into the draft as possible, and then you start stumbling upon guys that you know no one's really talking about. You're like, man, like there's a path for success for this kid. And, you know, the main thing is, like, everybody that we talk about or hype up, whether it's on a podcast or on Twitter or YouTube, doesn't mean they're going to be a star, but they can be an impact player in some shape or form, whether that's, you know, on offense, defense, or on special teams. Yeah. yeah. Love it. And so I know, like, your process, and I, I could be wrong here, so I guess I don't know, I guess I'll ask you, is at the Draft Network, you guys kind of divvy out parts of the country right and kind of focus in on specific schools or you know specific uh, areas what what which group are you kind of focused on mainly I know you scout everyone but which group are you focused mainly on oh man <clears throat> right now so I'm we're not even in our buckets anymore so we've already kind of like done majority work in our uh in our quote-unquote regions uh that we uh were handed and given out you know and then we got schools from I got I have a few big 10 uh, big, uh, I think the only school, do I have a Big 12 school? I think I may have like one, maybe one or two. Pac-12, uh, MAC, um, stuff like that. Of course, SEC and ACC. Like right now, um, through cross-checks, we're heading through, we just finished with like edge rushers. Uh, so now it's just like the the last group is corners. So it's been, it's basically started, which started today. Um, just corners all the way through, you know what I mean, to to close it out. So, which is good because then you get to, you know, with the cross checks, having them guys lumped into position groups, you get to compare a Derek Hall to a Byron Young from Tennessee, right? Uh, Will McDonald, who I'm, I feel like I might be higher on than a lot of people. Um, Me too. You know I mean, watching him compared to any of the other edge rushers, right? Because these guys are, you know, on our spreadsheet, they're back to back. So with corner, it's the same thing right now. You know, be able to watch Joey Porter and then watch Devin Witherspoon in in totality. He's like, all right, I just watched both of these guys back to back. Before I watch anybody else, what sets one apart from the other? Who has the higher ceiling? And that creates those talking points where when we're talking about these prospects, it makes it easier. Like, okay. I could see Joey Porter going higher because he's six, what, six three, six four, 35 inch arms and everything. And Devin Witherspoon doesn't check any of those boxes in terms of physically, but he's so physical and just naturally um, athletic and technically sound. So, you know, just 
as a, as an example. So I can't wait to really dive into these guys the next couple days, um, which I'll be done think midweek of next week, right before the, a week before the draft. I'll be completely finished. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we here in Minnesota, we we need some physical corners. Um, I know you said you're just kind of getting into it, but what I'm, I'm assuming that there are some cornerbacks that you you feel confident speaking about and uh um yeah who who are some in your mind that would be a perfect fit for a guy like brian flores's scheme man with, with flores and coming from the new england style system i mean you think about playing a lot of press man coverage but you know, still being able to disguise and throw some zone in there show man drop off into cover three and different things or cover two and different things like that and one of the more guys that are just like he's physically gifted he didn't have the year that he had in 2021, which uh, part of that, from what I was told, is due to him not being playing at the same weight. He was a little bulkier this year, and that was Keely Ringo from uh, from yeah. Georgia, man. Um, you know, big, long, explosive athlete, right? And a guy that can he, – he's a – to me, I think he, he's scheme versatile. If you want to play heavy man, you can play man-to-man cover, coverage. Well. Let him get to the line of scrimmage. Let him be physical and reroute and disrupt – the timing of these receivers, or if you want to play them, you think to last year, Tariq Woolen, Sauce Gardner, both of those guys fell to schemes that were heavily zone, cover three zone type of schemes. But with Tariq, especially with Tariq Woolen, you saw him against the like the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins comes back and is like, yeah, forget all that zone stuff. I need you to go man-to-man with him. And he was able to pretty much cover him very well. So I think Keely Ringo, you have a diff- another body type and skill set similar to those guys in a sense where you can use him like that. And I think he would fit what Brian Flores wants to do and just be physical at the line of scrimmage, but also understanding you're, unless you really get him to stop and start at a high capacity, mm-hmm. you're not outrunning Keely Ringo. You know what I mean? It's very rare. You yeah. see a foot race where he's on tape and guys are running by him without any alt, uh, altering their speed and their tempos or their movements. What's what's his range like uh like draft stock almost because I I feel like in the early portions of like the off season people were like yeah top twenty or like fringe twentieth uh because the I, he was frequently mocked to the Vikings early on and I just I don't see him much anymore and we don't have a second round pick in Minnesota so that might be part of the problem but where do you <laughs> think he could you know land on draft day? It's t- it's so tough because like I said coming off of a. Uh just a not so much even a down year, but just to to the expectations, a down year. You know what I mean? When we expect him to solidify himself as CB1, then we got the Chris Gonzalez's. We have the Julius Brents, the Joey Port is like everybody else kind of leapfrogged him in a way, um, you know, as the season went on and and then the post rest because he wasn't at, you know, he was a, he's a true junior. So he wasn't at mm-hmm. the senior bowl or shrine. He couldn't get a eye on him in a actual game. Um, manner besides, of course, being at the national championship. I think his landing spot is going to be more so that, like, inside the middle of the 20s on back. Um, you, I mean, it, it, he could have probably gone a little earlier if the Bucks didn't bring back Jamel Dean. Um, okay. you no, know, because he kind of fits that kind of usage as well. But since he's back, I don't think a team, especially with these Ooh. other corners having more hype and more love in, in, in the draft world and from the NFL standpoint, because uh, I know a couple teams looked at Keely Ringo as a safety because of how he was built. And I'm like, so if he gets back down to 2021, where he was like 205 and he played at that weight, after being a little bit heavier this year, 
uh, from what I was told. Like, I think he could be a legitimate starting corner. So I think 25 on back or in the middle of the 20s. Uh, so that pick that you guys have in the first round, I think that's a good, a nice little sweet spot for him. But, you know, I could see him slide into the second round. So obviously we're talking Brian Flores. We're talking his defense. He's had opportunity over the last few years or, you know, back in his New England days where he's developing these like later round or even undrafted guys, right? You look at Jonathan Jones, you look mm-hmm. at JC Jackson, right? Some guys to go on and get some decent paydays who are maybe some of those later round prospects. If we decide to kind of hold off, say maybe we go receiver round one. We were talking about that on our show last night. Um, who are maybe some of the later round guys that you like that are maybe diamonds in the rough? Darius Rush out of South Carolina. Um, That's the second I mean? time we've heard that name this week. <laughs> like he he I I didn't he wasn't in my um in my bucket uh, initially so like you know I didn't get a chance to see him prior to the Senior Bowl. But man, seeing him down in Mobile, like getting the eye on him, like the the height, the length, the build, and just the, also the way he carried himself. He was kind of a silent assassin type. Like he didn't talk a lot. You know when I saw him at practice, he was very locked in. He treated to me. He treated it like a business trip. Like I, I came here with a goal, with a purpose, and I'm going to execute that. And there were so many reps of him running the route for the receiver. You know what I mean? Yeah, all corners, even Brent. So everybody had a couple reps they lost because that those were some pretty talented receivers out there as well. But man, he's he was so impressive to me. Patient, understanding how to read the hip, playing trail technique, and and baiting and just reading guys, understanding like, hey, I have outside leverage. I'm a, you know, if you, I can run with you. And I don't think a lot of people, no one knew how fast he really was until he got to the combine. It was like, okay, I see why you were so patient because you knew you had recovery speed, and that's where you know the athleticism comes into play when you're just a natural raw athlete. Because he's very, very patient in terms yeah. of. Okay, I'll let you get. I'll let you stack me, and I'm playing trail, and it's like hey, I got outside leverage. So if you break inside, I'm breaking. I'm cutting underneath. But also, if you break outside, you're breaking right into my leverage. All I gotta do is turn around and take the ball away anyway, right? Or the quarterback's not gonna throw it your way. But if you want to go vertical, I have the speed to where I can catch, get back in the face and catch back up with you. I think they. I think. I think he's a name, and it's going. All of this is going to be dictated based on how many. When the run for corners start, it's going to start in the first round, and then it just really depends on, okay, if we get the first four guys out of the way, and then there's another run in the second round, which I think is a very strong possibility. Then a guy like Darius Rush will, you know, where he may some of a team, you know, if some people have him fourth round grade, he may be a third. He may end up going third round mainly because the run have is crazy enough. Like the NFL draft is very much like fancy football drafts in the, in the sense of you you don't want to go a position until the run starts you know what right. i mean and you don't want to be the last one to hop on the train when the run starts <laughs> well so the Vikings like said that last year with like they waited 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 and all you got is andrew booth left and right you kind of have to no. go get him you know no 100 so it's like you don't want to be in the fancy draft you're the last one trying to reach for a quarterback or find a quarterback or you know a defense or anything like that you want to be in that middle in the middle spot. So I think there's going to be one to two runs. And I think Darius Rush is a guy um, that I really like. Uh, Keytrail Clark is one that shouts to my boy, uh, Key Sanchez. You know, he he's the one who put him on the radar for me. And, you know, he's talked so talked very well about this young man. Active feet, sticky in coverage, a uh, good athlete for the most part. So I think more of he's a nickel a guy, more, right? 
Yeah, I think he's more of a nickel guy, and it's just it's just all about like now, like you know, and I think with Flores, they were willing to play some nickel guys or smaller guys out wide, depending on the matchup. And nowadays, with all these guys moving around, big receivers going into the slot, small guys going out wide just to create mismatches. You want a guy that can kind of transition in and out, um, and, and things like that. A uh, one another deep sleeper that no a lot of people don't know about is Coastal Carolina's Lance Boykin, a six okay. foot three. Long arm corner can play press man, also drop off into zone. And um, and he's a guy scrappy, uh competes at the catch point. And I, I feel like his best football is ahead of him. So he's a guy that more than likely on day three, round four and five. You you I think he ran pretty solid at the combine. So that's another name, deep kind of deep sleeper name that you uh that you could definitely stay tuned with because he's got the height, the length, and sure. the athleticism that I think Brian Flores will cover at the outside position. You know, it's funny you mentioned Clark. Uh, I think even Jr. or you know Jordan Reed yeah. came on our show um, with with uh, Jason uh, a couple weeks back, and he had mentioned Keytrail Clark as his like favorite like day three Nick or you know day three corner. Um, so you know, good eyes there. And you know, if, if I have Damian Partisan saying it and Jordan <laughs> Reed saying it, I'm gonna believe it. I, I hadn't got to his film yet, so I, I hear it's good, but I haven't got to it yet. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, this is a deep cornerback class where if you're a team like the Vikings that you want to continue to add, you know, especially losing, you know, letting go of Cam Dantzler and you got to hope that Andrew Booth can stay healthy going into year two mm-hmm. so he can get the processing and speed of the game down packed, right, and, and, and really take that next step as a player. But those are, you know, you got Caleb Evans, um, you know, who was at Tulsa and transferred to Missouri, tall, longer kid as well. You just got to, you know, you walk into the situation like, man, you know what? If we don't get one in round one, there will be other names in this class that, granted, they may, are they day one starters? Not all of them. They may take, you know, a year to really get up to up to speed, you know what I mean, to where you really get to see the the, the fruit of your labor, but this is a good class. Let's let's switch t- topics here because we, we've touched corner, and I think that's one of the top needs for the Vikings, but I want to get your thoughts on wide receiver because mm. – a lot of fans, I think, are hoping that the Vikings go wide receiver in round one. But mm-hmm. then Jim Nagy the other week, you know, kind of put out a nugget that, you know, not a lot of these NFL teams view these receivers as first round talent, maybe with the exception of Jackson, Smith and Jigba. Are there guys that you think are, or would be comfortable taking at 23? And then additionally, we can talk about those day two, day three sleepers. Man, yeah, I, I feel like especially for the back end of the first round where you guys are kind of positioned at, you already have a stud, right? And I think that's where that conversation changes because, like, if you're looking for a true wide receiver one and you don't feel like – you feel like it's only JSN, okay, yeah, that statement may be true. But if a team like the Vikings who already has that elite, like, top five receiver, you need a number two. You look at Zay Flowers if he falls out of Boston College. You know, a smaller guy but plays big explosive, good contact balance, good route runner, sudden and very electric with the ball in his hands. A guy that can make a play from anywhere, line up in the backfield. You think about the early usage of the of Randall Cobb when they draft when the Packers drafted him because out of, out of Kentucky years ago. It was like two decades almost. He's been in the league <laughs> for so long. But like you think about that and how they just moved him everywhere. They will line yeah. him in the slot, put him in the backfield, motion him into the slot and create matchups. And that's what Zay Flowers can do for an offense. Josh Downs is one of my favorite receivers in this class. Uh, North Carolina, man. Uh, 5'10", 
but a guy that battles at the at the uh, and competes at the catch point, and you rarely see guys sub six foot that are able to play the ball so well at, at the highest point. And he does a great job of that 38 inches in the vertical, 4'4", a late 4'4", guy, I think 4'4", 8", 4'4", But one of the smoothest route runners in this class, a guy that knows how to set you up, attack different, uh, you know, areas to really open up. You always want to move a guy to get to your to your lane, and he does a great job of doing that. And, I'm, and I wouldn't, like I said, back in the first, I don't have a problem selecting either one of those guys. But, you know, um, yeah, I, this is one of those drafts where if you do team, this is where teams, I feel teams are going to get themselves in trouble. You go by that mantra, like, nah, we only have one guy graded as a first-round pick. And then that's JSN. All right, cool. I don't hear any crying if, if Quentin Johnson falls to 31 and he goes to Kansas City and now you're trying to figure out how this happened. You know what I mean? You This is what you don't want. Or especially with the Vikings, like having Justin Jefferson – that's another name. Like if Quentin Johnston falls down the board, like, and if you're going to keep Kirk Cousins and not trade him and not trade up for Will Levis, like I've seen in some of these recent crazy mocks, you go, you, I run the card in. Like here, here's my card for Quentin Johnston. Cause now he's coming in as a high level wide receiver too. That has yeah. everything to take advantage of single coverage that he's going to face with Justin Jefferson on the opposite side. Do you, so you like Quentin Johnston then? Because a lot. I, th- I think it's. I think there's mixed reviews. I I know Ryan and I don't really. I think he's going to be a good prospect. Like, don't get me wrong. I just I don't see that wide receiver one ability um, in him in that elite elite level of play that that people kind of project. So, can you can you convince me on him a little bit? Because I I just I just I don't see it. And you're way yeah. more. You're the expert, so I. <laughs> My opinion doesn't matter, but I'm nah, curious. Nah, all all of our opinions matter, man. All of our no, I, a lot of people, and I, I get the criticism of them. Um, you know, I was actually asked, you know, what was one of the biggest things with him that will turn me off is like he uses that 41 inch vertical to a T. Like he will jump over most guys, but he doesn't fully extend at the catch point, gets a little lazy in terms of you know allowing it to come into his frame. Um, you know, a guy that I feel like with his release package needs to improve. The biggest thing with him is those type of issues are all coachable, right? Like those are things that you can fix. If it's something that you can't fix, that's when you, you, you have that type of conversation. Am I okay passing on him? Am I okay missing on him? Cause like, you know, thinking about it from a history standpoint, you fast forward three years on the line and he develops the things that he needed to work on. And now he's one of the premier receivers in the league. Are you okay saying, well, I'm fine that we passed on the margins like, man, Maybe we should have thought about it. So it's like the route running the this year, talking to a coach down there, Sonny Dykes came in and basically scrapped the, the route tree. They they simplified everything, and that was to help the quarterbacks. Uh, Max Dugan wasn't even supposed to be the starter. I forget the young man name that was supposed to start over him, but he got hurt. Chandler Morris. Yes. So, like, they simplified the offense and, and the route tree for the for the quarterbacks to make it easier for them. Quick decisions. Don't hold on to the ball. Get it out of your hands. That's why I saw a lot of drags, mesh concept, go routes, comebacks, things like that, where it's like, all right, I don't have to wait forever, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, for a route, for the route concepts to develop. So that's something. But even going back to 2021 for me, when I watched the tape, I was talking to Keith about this the other day. I was like, I felt like he ran better. He ran way more routes in 2021 than he ran in 2022. And then talking to the coach there, let me know, like, okay, that makes sense. So I think for him, I see this the height, the speed, the body type, the body control. Like, this is a guy for 6'2", 200-plus pounds, has insane amount of twitch, 
to be able to press you vertically and stop on a dime. But not only stop on a dime, he has an innate ability of spatial awareness where he understands like when I catch the ball, I, I kind of have a feel of where the defender's leverage is as he's driving on me to make a tackle. And that's the, the, the Kansas game, I think OK State. You see him with those curl routes, be able to catch it, give a little shake, and then, and then pivot out of it. And I think his ability after the catch is extremely rare for a guy his build. You don't see guys that's able to make things happen post-catch uh, post as well as he's able to. So I think a lot of his stuff is more coachable. And those type of things, I feel like he's a, one of the high-ceiling developmental prospects where you work on them. Hey, Quentin, work on your feet first, hand second in press coverage. That's how you beat press. Get better. Expand your release package so that you can quickly win and get vertical and you're not wasting time at the line of scrimmage or you're not throwing the same moves at guys like Akili Ringo who you beat him the first time, that second time he stonewalled you, and now you got to, okay, I need to add more to my bag. So I feel like his bag is big where you can put things in it compared to some guys who they're physically limited. So their bag is full, but the bag is actually small. You know, we, we, I can't remember who it said this on our podcast that when we had them on, but they, they likened him to LaVisca Chenault, oh, where wow. again, which I, I don't know if that's a, uh, a fair comparison or not. Um, a, a big body, <laughs> big body guy who can is great after the catch, but so I'm like, okay, well, let me go back and watch. And I, I didn't necessarily see that, but I can kind of see where they're coming from in terms of just the run after catch ability. Yeah. But like, is that where he's going to ceiling out at if he can't improve upon some of these things that you're saying? I, I thought it was a fair, but maybe a little disrespectful. I, I, I don't, I, I don't have him super high in my top 10 list um, of receivers, but it's just because there's so many even though that the this receiver class is relatively small, like like just in size, pure size, it's very small. But we have a lot, of, and you alluded to a couple of them earlier. A lot of really good route runners, and I think maybe us being Minnesota Vikings fans, we're probably a little scarred, right? Because the last kind of big body guy we took was Laquan Treadwell, and <laughs> and and you saw how well that worked out, right? Yeah. So now we're looking for okay, who's going to be crisp guys who can get open? That's what we're looking right. for. Yeah, we want, and, we want and, the digs and Thielens again. <laughs> give, me, give me those yeah. elite route runners. Yeah, so if you can if you can get that, and, and again, there's so many guys in this draft that. What, where Quentin Johnson could get there because the the you know he's got abilities clearly, yeah. but will he versus guys who are already ready made ready to go? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about some of these day one guys. Late second, let's say we trade back, right? And we still need a receiver. We trade mm-hmm. back into the second, or we uh, or, or we stay pat at our third. Maybe just like two names that you really like in that range, and then and then maybe two names in that you know day three you know sleeper category. Uh, Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Oh, yes. here we go. I was waiting for somebody. <laughs> I really like Marvin Mims, man. And this this another one where the school didn't ask him to run a Chris Rock tree at Oklahoma. He talked about that at the combine, but he says, I work hard with my route, my wide receiver coach. So I know how to run routes. They just didn't ask me to run a ton of them. And I think the, the explosiveness, the speed, the ball skills for a guy, five, 10, five, 11 is really impressive as well. I think he gives you inside outside flexibility. And I think this is the type of guy that, you know, you think about how Justin Jefferson is going to command so much attention and with the play action and everything else, those safety's going to roll down to, to, to bracket him. 
cool. I got a guy that has that deep speed that can yeah. take the top off. And if you leave him one on one, and if you give him a free a free run, that you know it can really hurt you. Uh, and he, I mean, he can stack his guys so yes. well. So like he Very gets well. them not knowing which way he's gonna go. And uh, yeah, I, I fully agree with you that four three eight speed. Like that's exactly what we need on this team. No, I, I really like him a lot. And, and Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, um, you know, 2021, it was a big year for him. Um, you know, when they had Kenneth Walker and the offense was running at a much more efficient pace. The quarterback play just was very uneven in 2022. But this young man knows how to get open. He's good at open field, good after the catch. And another guy that has ball skills. like, And those are like those smaller, quote unquote, smaller receivers that aren't 6'2", 6'3". If you do have the ball skills, that's an extra feather in the cap for me. He has that. Thank you. I can't remember if it was the Wisconsin game. I can't remember Nebraska maybe, but he caught one at the end of the game where they sent him on a fade, and he, he literally body control, spins midair, you know, snatches it out, out of the air and gets the touchdown. And he has that that to that, win the he, game. That was against Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, that so was like, against Wisconsin. He, talk, he talks trash. He like it, pairing his his <laughs> mentality with with a Justin Jefferson. I love that, especially with T.J. Hawkinson controlling the middle of the field. So those are some guys on you know day two and. You know, I think day three, man, you know, you think about a guy like Devonta, the, the Dontavion Wicks from Virginia yes, had yes. a really strong 2021 season. Tony Elliott gets there to Virginia in 2022. I don't know what happened, but everything bottomed out. You know, quarterback play wasn't the same. You know, I think that Wicks got hurt a little bit as well. But this is a guy that, that knows how to create separation. He can run pretty good routes as well. Good release package and understands tempo and pacing uh, in, in terms of moving guys off the spot. So I really like him. And if you did want a big target, um, I view him more of a as a day two, day three guy. But I know a lot of people like him as day two. Is A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Big, six foot four, six, 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 six three, six four. Um, he can run. He can he can open the stride. Is he a immediate starter, like instant speed? Maybe not, but a guy that can build up down the field, has good ball skills, similar to Quentin Johnston, if you didn't want to go uh, uh, Quentin Johnston in the first round. But a guy that can run solid routes for a tall, longer leg receiver, and I think a guy that would pair it well uh, with what you already have on your offense. I love all those names, and we've talked about them at, at length on this show. And so just you coming on here and, and really just <laughs> kind of validating our thoughts, like, makes me feel good about myself. Well, I can help. <laughs> I want to well, thank you for, uh, for hopping on with, for, with us sure. tonight. Um, before we let you go, let the people know where they can find you, what you're working on. Um, anything in the pipe uh, that's going to be released here soon. Uh, for sure, for sure. Of course, find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm also co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast over with the Locked On Podcast Network with my guy, 2019 LSU champion over there, coaching Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. He's got story for days. My boy, Keith Sanchez, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So tap in with us there, YouTube or audio, you know, just, just search it in Google. It'll lead you right to us. It's a great um, podcast, too. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah, that. We have yeah. a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Of course, you know, all, all the scouting reports and everything over at thedraftnetwork.com. And, um, yeah, man, just uh, getting through this – this uh, <laughs> getting through this draft class and then preparing myself for 2024 shortly after. Enjoy enjoy the, uh, the next couple of weeks because I'm sure it's going to be chaotic. But uh, oh, thank you again for hopping on. For everybody watching this, be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, doing a giveaway at 3,000 subscribers, a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. Uh, we have plenty more content coming up leading up to the NFL draft. Uh, 
And then we got you covered from that point forward. So until next time, everybody, Skull Vikings. Thank you.